Hey friends, thanks for tuning in to the Church Planner Podcast. Before we started today, wanted to tell you about a really special opportunity. Our friends at the Micro Church Conference put on by Brave Future, um, happening April 18th through the 20th in Kansas City. This is for all of you who are wondering what is a new kind of paradigm for missional church planting and church multiplication through smaller expressions of church, what they call rediscovering the smaller way. It's happening April 18th through the 20th. Kansas City is being hosted by Kansas City Underground. It's going to be a great weekend. And they've given us four free registrations to give away. Normally the price is $90, but we will get you into the conference for free. We have four of those. What you can do to enter is go on our Instagram at Church Planter Podcast. And there you'll find um, a, a DM button. Click that DM button. Send us a DM with your email on it and your name and where you serve. So email, name, where you serve, and you'll be entered to win one of four micro church conference registrations. You just get yourself to Kansas City and uh, you can be there and learn a ton from our friends at Brave Futures. Hope you enjoy the show today. The illustrious Jabba bids you welcome. <laughs> I'm going to regret this. I'm Pete Mitchell. He's Peyton Jones. And this is the Church Planner Podcast, brought to you by Church Planner Magazine. Church Planner. This is Pete Mitchell. And this is Peyton Jones. And you are listening to the best episode of the Church Planner podcast we've ever had. <laughs> I'm saying that in anticipation that it's going to be good. <laughs> hey, no pressure. No pressure at all, man. This is for me, this is like a, I'll call it a Bama cast because I'm in Alabama right now. I'm actually Ooh. sitting here with a, yeah, I got a banjo on my knee as we speak, eating boiled peanuts and, uh, some fried uh, possum, a little bit of little bit of squirrel leg appetizers, and I did actually eat alligator for lunch today. That's no joke. Did you? I did eat alligator. I did. Nice. Was the so, alligator dead? That's the question. <laughs> by the time I got done with it, and uh, some somebody asked me on Facebook, they're like, "Hey, uh, does it taste like chicken?" I'm like, "No, it tastes like crawfish." But then I'm thinking, "But nobody knows what crawfish tastes like unless they're You're like, alligator. "No, it tastes like alligator." Come on, stupid. <laughs> yeah, you know, squirrel was a that was a unique. That was a, that was a that did not taste like chicken, but it wasn't far off because they fried it and it, you're eating a little drumstick and it, it's a squirrel leg, but it's kind of like a chicken leg. You know, I feel like we haven't done a podcast in a while. I think it's because we haven't actually done a podcast in a while you've uh <laughs> you've had stuff come up with family yeah uh, we missed yeah, uh, my, a couple uh, of weeks uh yeah i don't you know it's funny because i don't know if there's been i don't know if it's just bible inner circle or if we posted something about it. i know i posted something on facebook but i keep getting messages from people giving me condolences so if you guys have been out there praying uh for me yeah my mom passed away and uh I will talk about it for a second because it was it was kind of cool because um, I think I mentioned a couple weeks ago, probably the last time we did our podcast, that I had had my quote unquote last conversation 
with my mom. And she, you know, she was like, no, I'm ready, you know, and she was cracking jokes. And so when we, uh, we were in the hospital, she was like, she let us know. And of course she had made it very plain that when there's no hope, you know, take me off the machines because she was on a ventilator and she was still very sharp. The woman was sharp as a tack. She was a hundred pounds, you know, but she had pulled fluids because the heart wasn't pumping through the lungs. And so what was happening is um, she was still mentally sharp as a tack. And they were just blown away. Like they were saying, we, one, one nurse said, 14 years, I've never seen somebody with all their faculties. And the surgeon was like, she's probably one of the strongest minds I've ever met. And uh, she was just cool. But she, she was funny. And she told us like, hey, you know, t- take me off. I'm ready to go. And, uh you know, I want to, I want to be asleep. So we knew like, you know, when we hook her off the ventilator and all that, that that's a tough choice, man. I'm Dude, an RN. I can't mom, even imagine. Even imagine. Yeah. Yeah. It's what she wanted, but you now, know, just it, so it you know if, if you're ever on a ventilator, I got no problem. I'll pull the plug. So you tell Andrew. <laughs> you've always, you've always said that you have always said that. About, hey, I got no problem, man. But you know, it, it was hard and you know, it's my mom. It's, that's the last thing. No, no, no. I'm not saying I can do that to my mom. I'm saying I can do that to you. I want to be clear here. <laughs> All right. I'll put you in charge then because that's what it was for my mom. She knew. She knew that, you know, it's something I can do. And you never know in that moment whether it's something, you know, it's not active euthanasia. It's it's passive where you, you know, you're not actively killing them. But if they're being kept alive by artificial means, it's ethical to take them off. And so, you know, she was given extra morphine to, to just make sure that she wasn't in pain and it made her comfortable. And then the body took its course. But, um, but, but what was funny is at first they were, you know, they were trying things in stages. And so they weren't going to take her off the ventilator yet. And, um, and I had had a, a few moments with her where she couldn't talk, but she could mouth things and she, she could, you know, let us know things and she roll her eyes at us because we're, you know, we do crack jokes, not during that time, but in the, in the days before. And, you know, and she's a pretty funny lady, but, uh, but at that moment, you know, I, I, I had my time with her and we prayed and, and then, uh, I was able to, to just, uh, you know, um, you know, say goodbye to her. And, um, and then, so, you know, they stopped the drug. The first thing was to stop a drug. It was keeping her heart going and beating strong. And they thought if they took her off that, she'd probably last a few hours, you know, and then the heart would get weak. <clears throat> and um, and so she went to sleep. You know, they'd given her some morphine and she went to sleep. And we thought that could be it. And anyways, a couple hours later, she opens her eyes and looks. And she has this, like, shocked, like, her eyes get all big. She's like, what are you guys doing here? <laughs> she thought she thought she was gonna wake up in heaven, and she was just like, "Whoa, you know, like, what, what are you doing here? Wait, what am I doing here? You know?" And so she she was able to say to us, "Like, hey, I thought this was only supposed to take a couple minutes, and you know." And so, but man, it it was cool. Like, I remember you know reading something that John Wesley said to a guy named John Sinek, uh, one of his his circuit riders, and he said, um, "Our people die well." And he was really proud of that, you know, that, that they had peace to, to John Wesley, the assurance of salvation was precious. And of course, first John talks 
a lot about, you know, knowing that you know him and our hearts are at rest in his presence and on and on and on. He keeps talking about assurance in First John. And my mom had that. And it was just, it was really, really cool to watch my mom just walk. She wasn't, she didn't want, she didn't want to die. Like nobody likes the idea of dying, you know, like, you know, we don't know what the body's going to do. We don't know if there's going to be pain, but my mom was not afraid of death. She, she had made the decision. She was ready to walk into the presence of the Lord. And I just got to say, like, my mom was always a tough lady, always a strong woman. I mean, she was, she was a strong lady. And, but to watch her never complain, she literally never complained in six months. But when she died, she was so brave. And that was just, my entire family was humbled. They're like, wow, we hope when our time comes, you know, we're, we're brave like she was. And, uh, it was just, it's just powerful, man. When you watch someone walk confidently into the presence of God, it's, it's an amazing thing. Mm. Yeah. Well, on that happy note, uh, now we got to do the podcast. You're uncomfortable now. See, this is one of those times where I talk and people Dude, like, no, this is a really bad understand. time to throw the ball to me. Well, <laughs> yeah. People don't understand our sense of humor. Like you and I have said before that we have the right amount of respect and disrespect for each other. And that's part of the reason why we work so you well. You mean together. you respect me very much and I disrespect you very highly? Is that is that <laughs> what we're talking about? I'm saying it is the right amount. So like, so here's the thing we had, uh, for those of you who have listened to the podcast regularly, you know, we got this thing called the Bible inner circle. And this last week I did a training out here in Southern California. And so we had a bunch of guys fly in from literally all over the country, uh, to go through this and they reminded me. So, so Wednesday night I had everyone over my house for pizza and just to hang out and stuff. And it's, it, it's really cool, right? Because we've all, talk to each other, pretty much all of us, to talk to each other in our, right. our Voxer group. And, I mean, the Voxer group's amazing, absolutely amazing. Just go back and listen to some of our past episodes where we actually play clips from the Voxer group. It's it's an amazing group of men and women. And uh, so, anyway, I'm, I'm sitting there with all these guys. I'm like, oh, man, I forgot to text Peyton. Um, so, and I, I sent this text to you, and you were laughing your head off when you got my text because of the way you responded in, in the, the text. But this is what I mean by the right amount of respect and disrespect. So people don't understand. When you and I went to Exponential a few years back, it's where we met the guy formerly known as White Tyrone. <laughs> you know where I'm going now, right? <laughs> I remember now. <laughs> we had this uh, this helium-filled dolphin, and we slapped like a Church Planner magazine uh, label on it, and we're like floating it around the exhibit hall, you know, because, you like rent a space. You get this little space. And I'm like, dude, we're floating a we're floating a dolphin. And we joked about wanting to do it, like when Rick Warren was on stage at the uh, the West Coast Exponential, just like having the dolphin start going across, and you know, watch them try to figure out who's got the remote control. And so, uh, so I text you. I'm like, hey man, did you send you the other helium dolphin for your mom's funeral? Because I could just so see you and your brother like floating the dolphin around your mom's funeral. Because it wasn't even a funeral; oh, it was a time. party. She wanted a party. It was a party. Her, her send yeah. Yeah. I was laughing because it, it was, I showed it to my brother and he goes, Oh, he gets it, man. He gets <laughs> it. Cause 
there were people like going, wait, what? We're not going to have a church service? I'm right. like, no. My, my mom, she, she said this years ago. Um, I remember her looking at me one time. This is years ago before she was even sick. And she said, Hey, if you, if I ever die, she goes, and she, she said this over the years since and recently. Um, she went over with my brother even just a couple months ago where she wanted. But she's like, I don't want a funeral. She's like, I know the Lord. And when my time comes, I'm not going to a bad place. She's like, I'm going to be with him. So she goes, so I will not allow anyone to cry for me. I will not allow anyone to, to be sad or mourn. No one wears black. She goes, I want a party. And I want you to throw an amazing party. And she goes, I just, I want people to know that this is heaven, man. Like I've gone home. So we did. We totally bypassed the church deal. And we threw a, a just an awesome, I'm going to say raging, uh, that sounded wrong. We, threw we had a, a kegger rad... for mom. <laughs> <laughs> I love you, mom. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was oh great, God. though. Like, we, because she was crazy, man. Like, like, my mom used to, she came from a, um, she was a daughter of a, of a highly decorated colonel in the, in the army. And, um, very well respected, well known guy. And uh she so she you know, but she she kinda rebelled against all of the social constraints. And so she wasn't a wild child, but she just she had a lot of fun in her. So when she um when she would go to pick up her family, they were all very <clears throat> prim and proper, straight laced, and um she would wear the most outlandish stuff. And this is back in the day where you could go up to the gate and meet people when they got off the airplane. And my mom, like back in the eighties would be wearing like hot pink, glittery fluorescent spandex pants. Like she would just wear a crate and, and she'd be laughing her butt off the whole time, you know, when she was doing it. And she was just funny, man. And she would just embarrass people, you know, just on purpose because she, she just had fun, and so we threw a party, man, and it was it was pretty cool. All these bikers turned up. Nice. Um, yeah, dude, we had all these bikers. It was pretty rad. And then um, we had a couple of gay guys come in, dressed like fairies. That was kind of funny. Because my mom, like, you got to understand about her, too. Like, she loved everybody. My mom was like Jesus. Like, nobody was on the outs with her. She just embraced every single person she came across. Like, I was looking through photo albums. And they used to call our house growing up, the nickname was Linda's Home for Wayward Boys because when all the people in like my school got, you know, kicked out of their house, they all, I'd tell them, hey, so-and-so got kicked out of his house. My mom go, tell them they can come live here. So mm. it's funny, man. I was just looking through the the photo albums, you know, and it was like whenever anyone was down and out, Thanksgiving was filled with like immigrants, like people from Mexico, Vietnam. And she'd be like, hey, that guy is a janitor at my school, but he was a doctor in his country and he had to flee the North Vietnamese, you know, and he's a janitor here. And, you know, I learned a lot about life from her. But anyways, we're, we're super digressing off church planning the podcast, which by the way, guys, if you're new to the podcast, <laughs> we do talk church planning. We haven't even told them what today's topic is. I know it's usually about 30 minutes in because we do this. And of course, I've been away for weeks, and so, you know, it's kind of cool, but bear with us. It's kind of cool to honor my mom like this for a couple minutes because she was a great lady. Yeah, what are we talking about on today's podcast? 
we did say um, that we were going to talk about um, it was <laughs> you put me on the spot there, but uh, I know, what the, I, know I don't know how to label it. I know what the general idea was because I remember our conversation was on. Uh, well, tell the story and then we'll announce the topic. <laughs> you don't remember the story. That's what you're saying. I don't. Dude, my brain, like, okay, so my brain is not good. We talked about this. We're actually doing the podcast, like, hours later because I totally blew past our time. Like, my brain's not been here or there. Like, I've almost run, like, well, a number of red lights. I mean, come on. Yeah. It's, it's totally understandable. Yeah. Yeah, but my my brain's not here all the way. We, we, here's the thing, guys. Um, all right, so l- let me give you the setup, the proper setup. We got this thing called the Bible Inner Circle. This is, uh, without a doubt, for me, the most enjoyable thing that I do out of yeah. all of the stuff that I do. For those of you that have listened to the podcast for a while, I mean, you guys have heard I'm a marketer. I do a lot of marketing stuff. I make a pretty good living doing all that stuff. And I would give up all of it for this Bible Winter Circle because that's how cool the Bible Winter Circle is. And um, so I do marketing for it. So here's basically the gist of it. The Bible Winter Circle, it's a, uh, it's a community of bivocational pastors and church planners. And, and basically, I would say it's actually everybody in ministry. I mean, I, I don't. I've had some people come to me and they're like, hey, well, you know, I'm not actively planting a church. I don't have a congregation right now. Like, we've got one guy who I can think of off the top of my head. I go, you know, we've got people in the group who are what I would call licking their wounds, right? (laughs) For those of you who are church planners actively or have been, you know what that term means, licking your wounds. Like, you just went through a battle and you're like, okay, I got to regroup. And so we've got Mm. some people who are, you know, fresh out of uh, a church plant. We've got other people who are, hey, you know, we think God's calling us to this and you know, this is kind of new to us, and so they're in it. But the key is everyone is in ministry, and they take ministry as the number one thing in their life. And along those lines, they've got to figure out a way to make a living. And so in the Bible Inner Circle, we've got a couple of things going on. Um, hold on a second here. Bye-bye, baby girl. <laughs> okay, have fun. <laughs> You know. Yeah, baby girl. You gonna go get Lukey? Lukey too. Okay. <laughs> Bye. So, <laughs> so you immediately just became likable to our female audience. That just happened. I, I, and here I was gonna cut that out. No, I apparently I gotta <laughs> leave that in there. So family so men anyway. now like now take you seriously. You now appear more spiritual suddenly. Uh, I know I am. I'm the great father. My child tells me if they're going to Disneyland because I hate Disneyland so much, you can't pay me to go there. <laughs> Bye, Dad. We're going to Disneyland without you to create memories without you. Uh, and to which I would say, go. Be well, my child. Here, here's twenty dollars. Make All sure right. you don't come All back right. till midnight. No. So, you know that um, likability thing? We just completely ended it. But go on. <laughs> <laughs> no, I can't cut that section out. All right, just wanted to make sure. So, so anyway, we got the Bible in a circle, and what we do for this, for those of you who haven't actually seen it, we've got a, a number of things. One is we send out a, a print newsletter every month. The, the newsletter, like we just finished uh, 
July's, which is about ready to get mailed uh, probably first part of next week, right after the holiday. And I think it's like 35 pages, right? So I'm not talking about some little small newsletter. Like these are meaty newsletters where we dive into ministry topics, and that's what what you handle, Satan. And then I talk about the money-making side. Like how do you – not money-making with church, so that would be really cool. Hey, here's how to get – you got to get everyone in your church to tithe today. No, but but like let me you... let me interject something real quick because we were talking about this today. It was really ingenious about the Bible Inner Circle is because some guys hear that and go like, "Whoa, wait a second, teach how to make money." That's the devil, right? You got to you got to email. <laughs> we were laughing at it today, but that's what Paul did. That's actually what Paul did. Is he trained his church planners how to be tent makers, and then when he sent them out. They had a business. So Titus and Timothy and all these guys, they didn't just go to places and, and mooch. I mean, they were pioneers. So they had to go to places with a trade. And so what Paul did, and scholars will tell you this, is he reproduced not only the church planner within him, which I can help with, and this this is why we tag team this, but Pete can also reproduce himself as a, a social media consultant or even a, a business consultant, business growth consultant. These are the ways that, that Pete makes, you say, a decent living. You make a really good living. And so you're able to, to help these guys out. And so we were talking about this. This is actually more first century than people realize. And yet certain guys will get emails and be like, that's just wrong. So well, we no, actually are, what, are we're creating a new section of the podcast where, where I'm going to share with you the best comments. And when I say best, I mean like the rudest comments I've gotten from pastors, either via text or email. Because I get them like crazy, man. It's like, you got to understand. And this to me is kind of the ironic thing. I work in a lot of different niches. I work with a lot of real estate agents. I work with a lot of car detailers. And without a doubt, hands down, the rudest people to me are pastors. Like, it's, mm-hmm. it's it is like, I mean, we joked about on the on the podcast before, there was some guy from Alaska who like, went off on me like months or maybe even a year ago. I don't even remember what it was. And, uh, and so, like, Tyrone remembers it, because all last week, he's like, oh, just pay. You know, I'm the guy from Alaska or something like that. Just, apparently, the whole state of Alaska is now, you know, uh, evil. You know, if you write these letters, we will make fun of you. <laughs> we you will, will make become, fun of you. You yeah. will become a laughing stock in so our uh, I, I Bible inner circle. i got to tell everyone, like, what we give them, because I think it's, like, the coolest thing. So when we give them this newsletter, it's, like, actionable ideas on making money, being self-employed. And ministry tools, right? So we've got that newsletter. Then we do two live teleconferences a month. These are mastermind calls. And so everyone calls in and everyone gets to ask their questions. It doesn't matter if it's ministry related or if it's business related. If it's ministry related, Peyton steps up and answers the question. If it's business related, I step up and answer the question. And then even guys are able to like chime in and help each other and be like, hey, I ran into that situation and here's what I did. So it's truly a mastermind. It's really, really awesome. I love those things. But the thing that it's taken off, and when I originally started it, it was almost like an afterthought. It, I, I didn't realize it was going to be the linchpin of the whole thing. And right. that is, we've got this thing called the Voxer Group. So Voxer is an app on your iPhone, your Android, your, I think even Windows. It's on a desktop computer. And what it allows you to do is uh, we've got a private group. It's just all of us you know, who are in the Bible inner circle in there, but we can push the talk. You can leave a voicemail, think of it like that, and everyone gets to hear it in real time, and everyone gets to respond to it. 
So some of those those podcasts that we did in the past where like Ed asked, why are you bivocational? And everyone chimed in. That was all from the Voxer app. Or mm-hmm. I think the last episode we played that, that we aired, I had to, to basically come up with one uh, because you were gone, you know, dealing with everything with your family. Um, that was like all the successes that guys, and that wasn't all the successes. It was a bunch of successes that guys had had when I uh, put that, that string together. And right. so that, that boxer group has taken on a life of its own. Like just this week, we had a guy like going, Hey guys, you know, there's, as we've said, there's not many other people I can go to with my problems. Yeah. Like you guys understand yeah. your pastors. I usually can't even go to my own staff because, you know, that might be who the problem is. Right. But, and he was like, right. burying his heart. And you just got to hear, you know, everyone else just pouring into the guy going, you know, like, Hey, I'm going through the same thing you're going through. In fact, I don't know if you yeah, heard and guys, it. guys are breaking down. Like it, like it, I, I listened to that one today and you know, See, I, I wouldn't tell them to break down because that would actually keep me from joining the Bible. Yeah. But guys crying. What's she talking Pete, about? I ain't joining Pete, that. Pete, Pete's like, I'm uncomfortable now. Emotion, emotion. <laughs> I, I don't like this. <laughs> yeah. So like that, that guy who you commented back, you did that, that longer message. Um, yeah. I don't know if you heard it, but he just, he chimed in this morning and he was like, Hey guys, I want you to know how encouraging it was, uh, to hear that. And she, he goes, I played those messages for my wife and we were both just kind of encouraged by what you guys had to say and also just kind of in awe at how many people have gone through the same thing that we're going through. Mm-hmm. And, and sometimes it just feels good to know you're not the only one going through that stuff. So yeah. anyway, the boxer group's taking on a life of its own, but here's, here's, so that's the setup for this, right? So, so I'm a marketer, right? That's what I do. Like I market stuff, and and my goal is to get people into the Bible Winter Circle that it would be right for, and that's kind of the key. Right. I don't want anybody. I only want the right people. And uh, so one of the things that I, I remind people is great marketing repels as much as it attracts, and mm-hmm. when it repels, like. You know, the, the guy from Alaska last year who got repelled at, you know, some of my stuff. It's okay. Because if a guy like that were to come into the Bible Inner Circle, it would be like dropping an atom bomb in there. He'd ruin the whole thing. He'd ruin mm-hmm. the camaraderie. He'd ruin uh, the connection that people are making, the community that they're able to make with each other. Um, right. So, so you got to understand, I mean, yes, I, I do market this stuff to bring people in. However, I want the right people in it and the wrong people. I want them to get out. I want them to get out. Like if they do squeak in, I want them out in the first month. I want them to watch out and just be like, you know, this isn't for me. And right. because they're, they're going to ruin that community. They're going to totally ruin Absolutely. that community. So, when, so one of the things yeah. that we're doing right now is I got this thing called, uh, you know, how to become a social media consultant. And it's a great way to earn money. In fact, uh, one of our guys in there, his name is Josh. Um, I actually can't remember where he's from, but, uh, so, you know, one of the things I ask when everyone joins is tell me what your goals are. Let me know what your goals are. So, you know, I can help you along this. And his, his goal is, look, I got a $500 a month deficiency and this is in May, right? So we're just, it's just a little over a month ago he joined. And like two weeks ago, he boxes me and he goes, I told you I had a $500 a month deficiency. Uh, I now have $1,800 a month coming in. So that more than meets my deficiency. I'm now ahead of the game. And he's just in the beginning stages, right? I mean, he's he's just getting going. 
And right. um, so, so I mean, I, I get these emails from people because I offer everyone, well, I shouldn't say everyone, but I have offered the social media consulting course, which is a course I, I teach for two grand. I go, I'll give this to you for free as a blatant bribe to get you to try the Bible in a circle, which is $197 a month. So some people get like so bent out of shape because I told them it was free and I told them it was a blatant bribe to get them to try the Bible in a circle. And they're like, but then it's not free. I got to pay the 197. I go, no, actually, you could pay the two grand by itself and not join the Bible in a circle, or you could join the Bible in a circle and not get the program for free if you don't want it. But if you want it for free, you got to join the Bible in a circle. I mean, that's, that's my, and I go, it's why I say in the video, it is a blatant bribe. Here's why I'm doing it. I want to keep, <laughs> I put this in the video, I'm trying to keep the freebie seeking knuckleheads out. So I will right. give it to you free, but you got to try it, right? Because I, I want, and I know the right people, uh, once they get in, they're going to get hooked because of the right. community that we create and, and being able to help each other. So, so just so you know, guys, if, if you're one of those people who've left a, a, a rather scathing uh, review, either texted it to me or emailed they're it not. to me. They're it, not. Yeah, they're, oh, they're totally not listening. <laughs> our but, listenership uh, is not. Our listener is going to start texting me now <laughs> and going, I want to hear about the podcast. You said it. <laughs> but, uh, but we'll be bringing you up on the podcast going forward because some of them are just classic. So here's what started the conversation with you and I earlier this week. This one guy was actually very respectful. I actually really uh, respected the way that that he uh, brought up his issues with how I market. And right. even though I disagree with him. I respect it because he was very polite. And that was the unusual thing because most of the pastors are just total jerks. <laughs> like like right. the guy we were talking about this morning who, like, ends up writing in this 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 long email to me of, you know, how I'm I'm basically the devil, right? And and, and I was joking with you. And uh, all my response to him was, like, two lines. I go, you didn't even watch the video. I think that says more about you than it does me. <laughs> it was just like... You feel compelled to like have some authority to tell me how I'm doing everything wrong, and you didn't even bother to watch it. And it's mm -hmm. like I know you didn't bother to watch it because of your original question that started the whole whole conversation. But anyway, so this guy was really respectful, and he basically says this: He goes, "Hey, you know what? Um, you might want to rethink your marketing strategy because you email people a lot, and uh, I think it might go over better if you don't email them so much." So he was totally respectful in that. And anybody who's yeah. been through the funnel, they'll totally agree. <laughs> I email you to death, right? Yeah. And, and well, I text I'm, you. In, I'm always in the funnel, so I get them all. <laughs> yeah, right? And he's 100% accurate. I email a lot. But here is my reply to him. My reply was, I go, hey, man, I appreciate your thoughts on that. Because I, I truly did. Like, I felt he was being one of the nice guys and just giving me his yeah. opinion. I'm yeah. like, but frankly, I do it because it works. I'm like, you know, yeah. that's that's kind of the, the catch right there. I go, but here's the thing. It's kind of like sharing the gospel. You don't share the gospel with someone one time, and then, you know, if they decide it's not for them or they don't respond right away, you walk away. You would continue to follow up with them because you want them to make a decision that's in their best interest. It's the same way with me. I want people to make a decision that's in their best interest. 
but it's my responsibility to follow up with them. It's not their responsibility to follow up with me, right? It's not someone right. else's responsibility to go, hey, you know what, Pete? Uh, remember like a year ago you were talking to me about Jesus? Okay, I think I'm ready to listen. Now, does that happen? Of course it does. But right. um, it's not, you, you can't rely on them. It's your responsibility to do the follow-up. So that's what I do. And I go, you know, and I don't think I said this in the email. I think I just left it at that because that was truly, you know, it. I'm like, dude, it, it works. But yeah, I am, and this is the part that you and I were talking about. And you're like, hey, we got to talk about this on the podcast. I am 100%, 100% not concerned at all with the people who don't want to buy what I got. Like, I don't care if the non-buyer is offended. I don't right. care if somebody is like, oh, you're emailing me too much. I wasn't going to buy anyway. I 100% don't care because that's not the person I'm trying to reach. I'm trying to reach who this is going to be right for. And so it's my responsibility to continue that follow-up. And that's why I tell people all the time, I don't care when people unsubscribe. I'm like, dude, unsubscribe from the list, right? If you're not right. going to buy, why do I want you on my list? Because all these marketers, they get bent out of shape. Oh, I got so many people who unsubscribe. And I'm like, so what? So what right. if they're off your list? They weren't going to buy. It's kind of like well, when I was telling you, you this, too. And I'll, I'll, I'll get off my soapbox here in a minute. I kind of feel like I rolled a reverse. <laughs> I'm talking all right now. Um, but when I was in high school, this is really pre-email days. Uh, for all you millennials, yes, there, there was a world without email once upon a time. And uh, you'd go visit a church, and you'd fill out a form, and you would be on their mail list and forever. Like, you could not get off. And the reason why that annoyed me is because there was no way to unsubscribe, right? I couldn't mm. go, look, I'm not your ideal guy. I'm never coming back to your church. I was just visiting. Why are you still mailing me? But nowadays, we have that. And if they say, you know, take me off your list, take them off the list. Unsubscribe them. They're, right. they're not the right person for whatever right. you've got, right? Your, your product, your service, even your church. If they want to unsubscribe from your church email, dude, unsubscribe. You know, we'll get you another way. But um, I don't know. So anyway, that, those are my thoughts on that. Well, you know, and it comes back to a principle. Something that you said earlier, and I almost jumped in then. Our our topic today is <laughs> <laughs> attractional versus repellent ministry. And so, so here's the deal. When we were talking, I got excited because I go, Pete, we got to talk about, like, this is a principle that doesn't just apply to marketing. It applies to ministry in general because what what we're noticing today is since the attractional movement, um, which, by the way, I'm not anti-attractional. I, I don't have the problem that other people do because I think Lloyd-Jones used to always talk about the pendulum swing, that the pendulum swings – far one way and then everybody reacts and they go to the opposite side and they swing too far the other way. Missional and attractional is what we hear talked about in the conversation. No, I'm missional. No, I'm attractional. And it's kind of like a Bud Light commercial. You know, it tastes great. No, it's less feeling, you know. And everybody's really talking about the same thing. They're talking about how do you reach people? 
And the New Testament knows them both. It knows attractional, a.k.a. Pentecost, right? That was attractional ministry. But it also knows missional ministry, which is other parts. And so temple courts and house to house, you have missional and attractional. And that's okay. They're both there. But Mm. what people don't talk about is they don't talk about the repellent. Uh, We can talk about attractional. What about when you don't want everybody? And that's what Pete was saying is Bible inner circle. You don't want these yuckle heads that are really judgmental. Like we had an email today where the guy goes, hey, you know, I'm, I don't want to pick a fight, but he sent an email. You forwarded it to me because we laughed. And and he basically was like, hey, man. <laughs> that's right, know, Pastor. We laugh at you. <laughs> well, but we do. We laugh because, you know, his stuff, he's like, you know, and. And Sermon on the Mount, Jesus says, let your yes be yes, and your no. Well, that's not what he was talking. He wasn't talking about somebody saying, hey, I have something for free. And yes, you know, you you, you get it. Anyways, and, and I said, well, I guess, you know, he hasn't, because he said, well, I've been preaching to the Sermon on the Mount. It's made him sensitive. And like you said, had he listened to your whole thing, he would have understood what you're saying. And I said, I guess he hasn't preached as far as judge not. Well, the last thing we want is guys that, that come in and they're just super judgmental and they, they, you know, they're making life hell for it. Right now, there's a brotherhood and a camaraderie and guys can speak into each other's lives, but they're doing it as brothers and friends. They're not, they're not angry at everybody about everything. And I think that, that, like you said, like with a, with a, a church planning core team, this is where I've seen it often is where, um, often on church planning core teams, Church planners want people, they want the numbers because they want to legitimize their church plant by having success. And we, whether we know it or like it, we often equate equate success with numbers. So Mm. it's legit if I can fill a room with people and see, see, you know, God blessed me. Well, there's lots of full churches that maybe God isn't blessing and they've they've attracted Mm. tons of people. But they they have size, but they don't have depth. Um, there's not that relationship. There's not. It, I've been in big churches where I think, man, you know, I wouldn't want anyone to come to this thing because when they really get to know us, we're 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 eating our own, or you know what I'm saying? Like there's there's no real fellowship. There's no warmth. There's no uh, aspect of Acts two forty two. And so when it came to to building a core team. What I would often do, you say good marketing repels as well as as attracts. Um, I would send out cards that would offend religious people like crazy, but really Mm. appeal to unchurched people. And I remember getting angry phone calls from pastors. What are you saying in this? You know, blah, blah, blah. And I would say something like, church sucks. We all know it's true. And you can't, you know, other churches are, hey, what are you saying, Mike? I'm not saying your church sucks. I'm saying that the non-believers in your in your town or, or in these communities, this is in Wales. I'm like, have they come to your church? No. Why? Because I think your church sucks. And you know what? I'm just calling it what it is. They have you're, no like, you're like, I'm not saying your church sucks. But if the but they are. Fit. But they are. <laughs> but they, but are. they are. And I'm trying to reach them. I'm just going to come out and say it. They think church sucks. And so we're doing something completely different that doesn't suck for non-believers. Your church is awesome for Christians. And I'm not trying to get Christians. In fact, I made a deal with all of the pastors in the area. 
if your members come to my church plant, I will tell them, no, you can't come here. And that's radical, right? Like nobody, and they would kind of go, oh, really? And I'm like, yeah, yeah. Man, I don't want your Christians, honestly. And you know, I that, good that's really it. radical even among church planners because I can tell you of a lot of church planners who would love it if people came to their church because they they need the numbers. They need the tithe, honestly, is what they're looking for. And I'm not saying all yeah. church planners, but I'm saying that's radical even among church planners. Yeah. Like, and it was radical at the time. Yeah. Well, here's the thing. You know, we, we talked about this. Like, it even goes deeper. This whole principle you're talking about, repellent ministry. Um, I had spent, remember now, we'll, we'll go back in time. I had spent three years on staff at Lloyd-Jones's. Um, I was, they wanted to vote me in as the pastor. And I laid down a list because I watched him just fry the guy that I served under. And I thought, he was way more patient than me. Like, there's no way I'll survive. And that now I love that church and I loved those people. They were amazing. But the only reason they tolerated me, and they loved me to death, don't get me wrong, but it was because I could preach. And they loved my preaching. But my my ways were, I remember one guy telling me, hey, you keep preaching like that, you do whatever you want as far as I'm concerned. Because mm-hmm. I was their evangelist, and I was starting to get radical and and I remember thinking, I'm going to break this church if 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 I end up being the guy. I'm going to be the guy that splits this church, and I don't I don't want to be that guy. So I laid down ten things, and I said, Look, guys, we know, um, and we ended up planting off anyways. I helped another guy plant off and was a part of that. But the reality was, you know, I was kind of like, Look, um, you know. Uh, so any, anyways, all that to say. I ended up, they rejected my proposal, you know, and, and this and that. And it was kind of like, if we're going to work together, these 10 things. Now, in one sense, I was repelling a, a legacy church, like a historic church. You know how cool it would be on my, my resume to have just walked into that and, and have, you know, hey, Peyton Jones, former pastor of, right now I can only say evangelist, but that would have been really cool, you know, like, it, but I was repellent even back then. Jesus, in fact, was repellent of crowds. Um, it, interesting. I was reading Chuck Swindoll, who, if you guys, I know you guys all think he's like an old fuddy-duddy dude from the 80s, master communicator, I, 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 one of the most masterful preachers of, of our century. And Swindoll was talking about how Jesus had the temptation. And at the temptation, I had never made this connection before, that, um, you know, Jesus was like, you know, he's hungry, he's fasting, and Satan comes to him and says, hey, if you're the son of God, tell these stones to become bread. And and Swindoll starts going on about it, that all this was about Satan telling him, hey, um, if you do these things, people follow you. If you're able to throw yourself off the temple, people follow you. Make a big show. Hey, who wouldn't follow someone who could just mass produce bread for hungry people? And And that's why when Jesus is... You know, he does the miracle, the 5,000. The next day, they, he gets in the boat and he takes off. The next day, they run around the Sea of Galilee. Like, that is radical. They run around to see him on the other side. Like, they're ready to follow him because he gave them bread. And he says, you're following me because I gave you bread. And then he repels them. And, and, and he says, eat my flesh and drink my blood. And he... He repels them. 
And, and that is radical. When you start standing like that where no one can buy you and you're not owned by having crowds and following, you know, it, 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 for example, like I think a lot of guys, they start off wanting to church plant and become serial church planters. Then they, their church grows and they're like, well, I can't leave it now because a, it's my paycheck, and which is another reason to teach guys to do Bible, and and because Paul would move on, Wesley would move on. He he trained his guys to live as circuit riders, but that Jesus had this repellent bone in his body. And one of the things I'd never seen before was Jesus at that moment. I think it came back. This is what Swindoll brings up. Swindoll brings up that at that moment for Jesus. It was a temptation, like what Satan offered him, turn these stones to bread, anyone will follow you. And Jesus just goes, you know what? Um, you guys are following me for the wrong reason. And he repels them. And, and, and the disciples are like, Lord, you know, this is hard. It's a hard saying. We don't know what to do. Like, this is, this is difficult, Lord. And Jesus is like, well, are you going to leave as well? He is willing to let the apostles walk out on him. And uh, and I think for a church planner, you have to have, and in ministry, you have to have that ability to do the right thing. And in this age of Twitter and Facebook likes and like me and look at me and follow me, I think we're in big danger of this. Mm-hmm. I think that we still need people and leaders and church planners who are going to stand up and be prophetic, and they're going to they're going to let God speak through them. And they're not going to, and this is why I went back to, 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 uh, Lloyd Jones, because I'll be honest, I was playing to the crowds when I was, mm. Lloyd, you know, the, the evangelist at Lloyd Jones is I was the golden boy, man. Like I was, I, I, it, no sooner was I the evangelist at Lloyd Jones, a couple years in, I was making, making the rounds on the circuit. And then I got invited to be a part of the evangelical movement, which, is kind of the movers and shakers in the evangelical world. I got asked to be a part of the executive committee. Then I became a part of the board of it, the, the admin board. And then I got asked to be an editor for the evangelical magazine. Like it was all, you know, it was all there, man. It was all like, that was like the path to greatness, man. It was like started getting asked to speak at the conferences and take part in it. And all of a sudden, it was like, you know, that church I went to that kicked me in the teeth, I quit. I quit everything. And what, what happened is I never defended myself after that happened. I, I, I won the vote. I called in a, a respected moderator who had my back, but they just trashed me. And I just let it go on because I was like, I'm done with ministry. If this, this is what it means. I'm out, right? <clears throat> but something really cool happened. And that is, as soon as my reputation was destroyed, I didn't care what people thought about me anymore. Mm. And once that happened, I didn't care about repelling Christians or having people think less of me. That's when I was freed up finally to do what God wanted me to do. And it was kind of like after that moment, man, I didn't look back anymore. I never worried about Christians anymore. I wasn't there to please Christians I wasn't there to, you know, I, I think I mentioned on another podcast the day where the guy goes, um, you know, you did this. It was like we would have people come visit and they get mad at the wrong things, you know, and I tell them, hey, don't you come here and teach these new converts to get mad because they don't know what to get mad at unless a Christian teaches them 
And you can teach them to get wrong at the mat or mad at the wrong stuff. They need to get mad at the right stuff. And that's just, you know, you're all focused on this legalistic crap or you're, you're focused on, uh, I remember one guy saying, he was basically like, Hey, uh, that overhead, you know, you had the guy from Jesus of Nazareth. I had nothing to do with it. But he's like, that guy was a, an alcoholic and a sinful man. And, you know, he, uh, he came and talked to me after service. And I was just looking at him thinking, you're the wrong kind of guy to be in this church plan. I didn't even notice what was on the overhead. I wasn't even worried about the overhead, man. I was, I was worried about the, the, the suicidal guy over here. And I was worried about the, you know, the, the, yeah, the he, person he, that, He's looking at the actor, like yeah, the the actor yeah. is representing Jesus. But let me tell you about that actor. <laughs> he's yeah. he's this, he's that. He's, it's like, dude, seriously, seriously, yeah. yeah. And I just remember saying to him, I just I, I got, and, and it was funny because you know I, at that time I didn't have really any radical views on on women. I mean, I'm all about team team leadership, and so. Once you go team leadership, you know, there's like, you know, you have women, like I have women pastors on my team is they, they pastor women, you know? And so, um, but, but at the time I, I wasn't really thinking anything, but I, I literally just said the most scary thing I could to a guy like him. And I said, Oh, you think that's something I go, you should hear my views on women. <laughs> just threw that out there to get rid of them. And, and no kidding. Like I had a leadership meeting. I, I just, I was like literally searching for, how can I get rid of this guy fast? And and that's what came to mind. And so um, it was funny because no sooner did I do that. Like that afternoon, we were having a leadership meeting at my house. He literally dropped an envelope with his resignation letter. He'd only been with us a couple weeks, you know. And I told him, really, I don't think this is a church for you, you know. I think you should go to another church down the road. I'd always tell people that. We interviewed and someone, and I don't remember who it was, and he said uh, that it was his first um, his first, you know, meeting really with the church that he'd just been hired at. And so this guy comes up to him afterwards. He's a cop and he goes, yeah, I've been watching you this whole time. And, uh, I don't think I like you and I'm not going to come here again. <laughs> like that's what he said to the pastor, <laughs> the very first meeting. So I remember my comment to him was, I go, so what'd you say to him? Uh, or because because I think his, his follow up line to that was uh, I don't uh, I don't like you and I I don't think I'm gonna uh, come here again and so so yeah that's what it was and so so my response to him was I go so did you say to him um, don't give it a second thought I know I won't <laughs> you know just like <laughs> came back and he's like no I couldn't think of it in the moment I couldn't believe someone would actually come up and say that to me but. That's what you're talking about is that dude who would like actually come up to you and and say, "Oh, I don't think you're doing ministry right." I, don't, I you know, as as you would say, um, I like who was it that you were quoting? I like moody. the way I'm doing it better than the way moody. you're not doing it. Yeah, Moody. Yeah, Moody. Someone said to Moody, and I, I get this all the time on Facebook. I'll have someone like I I just had an article come out in Outreach, um, and someone someone was posting about it on Facebook, and of course they tagged me. And then somebody like made a comment. Yes, but we give them coffee cake, and like he, he was ripping on. Yeah, and it's funny because he didn't, he didn't know I was I was tacked there, um, and I didn't respond to it because you know you got to be kind of insecure to make a big deal about it. I didn't care, but but the reality is is that um, you know he made this response, and um, it, it's funny because uh, Moody had something similar because I my thought when I read those I always think. 
but I bet you I see more converts. And it's not me being like, it's just, I know I lived there at one time. I judged everybody. But once it became about reaching lost people, that stuff didn't matter anymore. I was like, yeah, I remember being so, but I had a lot fewer converts when I was always angry about you didn't do this right. And someone came to, to Moody and said, I don't like the way uh, you do evangelism and said, Moody said, oh, how do you do it? And he goes, well, I don't. Or is how you lead converts to Jesus. And he goes, well, how do you do it? And the guy goes, uh, I don't. And I said, and he goes, well, I like the way I do it better than the way you don't. Right. I love <laughs> and, it. And there's so, there's so drop, many instances. Please. Yeah, there's so many instances of people coming up and being super rude. Uh, Wesley had a guy walking towards him in the street once, and they were both on the sidewalk. And the guy stopped, and he wasn't going to move and make way for Wesley. He stopped, and he said, I never make way for fools. And Wesley stepped off the curb and into the street and said, I always do. (laughs) And walked around him. (laughs) See, I always wish I was that quick. You know, I'm not that quick. I'm I'm the guy who's like, five minutes later, I'm going to be stewing on it. I'm like, this is what I should have said. But I, I love it when I hear guys who are that quick. That's it, man. But church planners, you have to have the ability to, 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 you know, it's kind of like you and I were talking the other day that so many times in church planning, I've had to make a decision where I know I'm going to lose people. The question is, who do I want to leave? If you're pandering to Christians, uh, then you're always going to be jumping through hoops. And because Christians are into so many weird, wacky things, it'd be one day you'd be like feeling like you got to talk about Israel in the right way. Then the, another day you're going to feel like you, you got to talk about conspiracy theories and, you know, because they're reading left behind and thinking, you know, the Antichrist is some blonde haired guy in Russia. Like, you know, I, I went through all this stuff in the 90s. And at a certain point, you just go, everybody just, just go home. Like, seriously, like none of that stuff matters and we're not pandering to you. Once you do that and you just go like Paul, where he goes, I care very little if I'm judged by you or any other human authority for the Lord alone judges. And then he just says, we will all give an account to him. I will give an account to him. He judges my motives and thoughts. Just have your eye on Jesus. Have your eye on the one person that matters. You know what Jesus has his eye on? The lost people in your church plant. Otherwise, he wouldn't have called you to plant a church. I guarantee you. Jesus did not call you to plant your church to reach uh, Christians. He didn't. You know, he, what he did is he, he called you to plant a church to reach lost people that will change the Christians with you on the way if you've got the guts to not pander to them. And so you, in one sense, you don't really grow up in ministry until you. it's kind of like a coming of age. You come of age as a minister when you suddenly go, I have one person to please, and he was crucified and resurrected, and you don't fit that criteria. Mm. So it's kind of like that T-shirt, you know, I, I I can only please one person today, and he's God. <laughs> Tomorrow's not looking great for you either, you know? And uh, so that that's really what it is, man. And And once you do that, you know, that's why when you were, when you were, I felt like Epstein on Welcome Back, Back Carter when you were talking about this. Remember that old show? No, you don't. <laughs> I, I never watched it. I know what it was, but I never watched well, it. Well, there's a, there's a character there named Horshack, and every time, uh, 
somebody he would know the answer. He'd go, oh, 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 and he'd like go nuts and put his hand up in the air and you know start bouncing his desk around. And that's how I felt when you started talking about this because I'm like, that is a secret. And and for your core team, guys, seriously, for your core team, you have to let people know right up front on your core team, like, hey, I don't think. You're uh, and you can let them travel with you for a little bit, but at a certain point, you guys say, "Hey, I I hear you talking about how we're going to be this big thing. We're going to have all these ministries from day one." And I don't think you know what church planning is, and this might not because I would have people come to me and it's like we we're like five, six people when we first started meeting in my living room, and some of our earliest additions who ended up being incredible were like, "Hey." uh, when are we getting a youth group going? And we're like, uh, yeah, you know, uh, that's kind of not really our focus right now. You know, mm-hmm. we're, we're, we're not going to probably not going to have a youth group for, for a number of years. And when we did start a youth group, it was an outreach and we used mm-hmm. that outreach to grab all unsaved kids that were troubled kids. I've told some of the stories and reaching then reached uh, dot com. <laughs> oh, love the plug! Love the plug! Like that, I've been, I've been, I've been artfully plugging on uh, Facebook recently. I, I did one the other day where I mentioned. Uh, they go, "What podcast?" And I scrolled through. No one mentioned ours. So I go, "Hey, have any of you guys heard of the Church Planner podcast?" And one of our <laughs> listeners chimes in and goes, "Oh, shameless plug!" And I go, "Yeah." <laughs> Um, and, and I said, yeah, wasn't that good? Cha-ching. And he goes, I thought cha-ching was for church zero. And I said, nope, it, it, it applies to any shameless plug like this one for reaching the unreached book.com. I love it. Artfully done. So anyways, so, uh, today's topic was, uh, <laughs> Attractional versus repellent ministry. <laughs> I think I might name this like three easy steps to lose everyone in your church. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, we've we've had some we've had some crazy. I haven't even shared most of the emails that I get with you. The the hate emails. I did share one with you because we both really respect the guy, and I just happened to have a dis. You know, I just disagreed with him. And yeah. uh, but I really, I mean. I used to respect him more. I actually <laughs> don't respect him as much because when I called him out on a couple of things, he just was like still upset. But, um, yeah. but we, we both like really respected that guy. I, and I don't care if people have a difference of opinion with me. I mean, just don't be rude about it. Like that's my whole thing. You don't need to be a jerk about like, that's it. Your opinion or whatnot. Cause the problem with me is, and I know this is a problem when someone starts throwing down like that to me, I know the whole turn the other cheek thing, but it is not the first thought that comes through my head. The first thought that comes through my head is, Oh yeah, you want a piece of me. You want a piece of me. Yeah. But I've been, I've been proud of you and watching how you handle these. I actually, well, like I said, you know, I show you most of them. <laughs> <I'm just kidding>. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So anyways, but Hey man, so Pete, what if uh, what if you're doing this uh, attractional versus repelling? You spend all your time repelling people from coming to your church plant. You know that's busy work. You really don't have time to do the accounting for the two people in your church to tithe. You know, what should you do about that? Did you say for the two people who in your church that tithe? Yeah, if you're repelling everybody, you know, then uh, you know, that's busy it, work, man. 
I'm really glad that you brought that up, Peyton, because uh, actually what I would do in that situation is I would let SimplifyChurch.com attract all of that work over to them and let them handle uh, all of my payroll, my bookkeeping, my taxes, keeping me out of jail, keeping me out of trouble with the IRS, keeping me compliant. That's what I'd have SimplifyChurch.com do. How about you, Peyton? Well, the good news is, Pete, because no church is too big or too small for them, that two people isn't a problem. They'll do all your bookkeeping needs, and uh, they'll give you personalized service. And one thing, you know, I just did a, funny enough, I just did an interview with Josh over at Simplify um, for something he was doing. He asked me an interview. I forgot that he's a pastor and a church planner. Like, that's that's his background. So, uh, he actually knows all that stuff. And, you know, when I heard that, I, I remember that's why I signed up with you years ago because I was like, this dude gets it, man. So anyway, Simplify Church, they rock. They do. They do. Well, hey guys, thanks so much for uh, listening in and, uh, listening to my, my private rant and, and what excites <laughs> me most and the principles hey. that we were able to pull out of it. Yeah. And the, <laughs> And the principles that we were able to allude to, so I could actually talk about it on a podcast. Um, why don't you? Uh, why don't you sign us out, Peyton? All right. Well, hey guys, don't forget to pick up your copy of Reaching the Unreached. It's my new book, and that book also has a small group study guide within it. Be sure to check that out. You can order it by the case at discount by going to reachingtheunreachedbook.com. And also, today's podcast is brought to you by thebivoinnercircle.com. If you guys want to go ahead and sign up and get involved with uh, this deal that we're doing right now, we want to help coach and train you in first century style church planning and give you the freedom, flexibility, and mobility to plant anywhere, anytime, and actually take care of your family while you do it. So go on over to bibleinnercircle.com and check that out. And this has been Peyton Jones and Pete Mitchell reminding you if you want to reach the ones nobody's reaching, you need to go where nobody's going and do what nobody's doing. Thanks for joining us for another weekly episode of the Church Planner Podcast with Pete Mitchell and Peyton Jones. We'd love to hear your comments on this episode of the Church Planner Podcast. Visit us online and let us know what you thought at churchplannerpodcast.com. If you subscribe to us via iTunes and have enjoyed the podcast, leave us a positive review. The more positive reviews we receive in iTunes, the more iTunes will promote us to other church planners who would benefit from this show. This podcast is brought to you by the Church Planner Magazine, which is available in the iTunes newsstand or online via churchplannermagazine.com. Church